0: I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me Lord, I am yours, I am Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the pro-choice argument of bodily autonomy. We're going to deal with this subject biblically, and we're going to think through this thing rationally. Hope you're blessed as you listen. I felt your passion, touched your heart. All right. Well, welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast. I'm here today with Vicky, um, and uh, we're going to talk about a subject that I think is near and dear to the pro-abortion, pro-choice folks crowd, mm-hmm. which is bodily autonomy. And it's an argument that I hear a lot. And you know, as you you look on on Facebook and, and social media, is uh, is one that's touted by the pro-choice crowd as kind of the end all. This is sort of like the Gauntlets thrown down, mic drop, when they give these bodily autonomy arguments, it's, right. uh, it's you know, you shut your mouth because we just proved you wrong sort yeah. of thing. And, you know, actually, honestly, for me, as I'm looking at the pro-choice arguments and the, and the stuff that people give as arguments for abortion, to me, the bodily autonomy argument is the only one that really is consistent with itself um, because, you know, a lot of the arguments about, you know, what if this, what if that, a lot of the arguments about, you know, women, um, you know, women can't provide for a child, therefore it's okay for her to kill it and that sort of thing. All of these sort of fall to the ground. They're all really just emotional arguments. This is the only one to me that's sort of philosophical. Mm-hmm. And it makes, makes you think and makes you sort of think these things through. And I think it's important that we do mm-hmm. uh, put some thought into these arguments and not just kind of brush them to the side. Yep. Um, And so, first of all, just kind of define bodily autonomy. What is Mm -hmm. bodily autonomy? You want to take a crack at that, or you want to take a stab at it? Well,
1: you know, bodily, the human body, they're talking about the human body, Mm -hmm. autonomy, your um, control over over your own body, that you have the right to say what happens to your body. Yeah. How does that sound?
0: Yeah. I mean, it has to do with really governance over your body, Mm -hmm. which is basically what you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, yeah, you can make the decisions for the things that affect your body, and I think you know we would we would pretty much agree, right? I mean, I don't I don't go and, and, and tell people who are you know, having their tonsils removed that you can't have your tonsils removed, you know. So or you can't not, have pink hair that yeah, you offends can't have, me or, yeah, or, it does, or it, earrings. It does emails. offend me. Pink hair does, honestly. <laughs> okay. But I'm not going to make laws that say you can't. You
1: know, Right. right. We, the, we grant them that bodily autonomy. Yeah, exactly. We okay. can
0: have that bodily autonomy. But when we're talking about the issue of abortion, yeah. we're really talking about more than just an individual's bodily autonomy. And, and the reason why, you know, when someone gives that argument to me, one of the pro-abortion people, um, you know, on a regular basis, they give that argument. You A woman has a right to govern what happens inside of her body. It's like, okay, well, you're not understanding really where we're coming from because I'm really not trying to limit her ability to have health care. I just don't want her to kill her child. So I'm talking about two bodies, two mm-hmm. two separate people mm-hmm. that we're, we're thinking about when we're thinking about a pregnant mother, mm-hmm. right? And that's how we do ministries. We're we'll reaching out on the sidewalks. We're we're considering two people. We know that we have two people that we're trying to reach, and we have to reach the mother in order to reach the baby. And so we Definitely. understand that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but I've had people say, you know, I'll grant you um, that the baby in the womb or the fetus is a person, and they'll go to this bodily autonomy argument, which is. Um, a thought experiment from from years past I read it to you earlier right. just in preparation for the podcast but I'll read it again
1: from before abortion received <clears throat> in the uh,
0: Yeah this the, this argument was first program. posed by Judith Jarvis Tom Thomas in 1971 mm-hmm. and this is uh the like lay down the you know mic drop once they give this they've 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 just We all leave this sidewalk, we're done. We're done, no no longer pro-life when (laughs) they give this argument. And here's the argument, this is the thought experiment. And I think thought experiments do help. Uh We lay out analogies and stuff like that, that stuff does help. And so I'm not just poo-pooing the idea of a thought experiment, but this thought experiment and how it sort of applies to the bodily autonomy arguments in support of abortion, I think can be easily torn down. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I think just stick with us, folks, because we're going to get to the Word of God. That's where ultimately we want to go. Yeah. But let's, let's just read this real quick. It says, okay. so you wake in the morning and you find yourself back to back in bed with an unconscious violinist. Mm-hmm. Now, why a violinist? I have no clue. I'm sure there's some background to that. Mm-hmm. It's a famous unconscious violinist. He's been found to have a fatal kidney ailment, and the Society of Music Lovers has canvassed all available medical records and found that you alone have the right blood type to help. They have therefore kidnapped you, and last night the violinist's circulatory system was plugged into yours, so that your kidneys can be used to extract poisons from his blood as well as your own. If he's unplugged from you now, he will die. But in nine months, he will have recovered from his ailment and can be safely unplugged from you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the the analogy is with the unborn child. You know, right. Nine months, obviously. Well, and the
1: violinist Just, might be because he's valuable. Maybe okay. they're making the concession that that baby <clears throat> does have some sort of value. Yeah, yeah. In that sure. thought experiment.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I, I think probably we're you know as pro-lifers, the society of music lovers who values this this violinist, though greater society maybe doesn't. Um, <laughs> in, in their analogy, there. Right. And so, how do you answer this, though? Mm-hmm. How do you answer this this thought experiment as you're thinking? Okay, if I unplug this person, like, do I have the right, if I find myself in this predicament, as wild as the scenario sounds, um, do I have the right just to to unplug myself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from this violinist? Am I within my bodily autonomy rights to do that? Right, right, yeah. What would you think?
1: Yeah, well, well... It's obviously being used as an analogy between the mother and, and the child and I, I think that the first thing I would want to do, I, I say this a lot, examine the premise. The yeah. premise is flawed. Yeah. It's flawed, right? Okay. Um because it's it's um first of all, you've been kidnapped yeah. against your will, apparently, and um well becoming pregnant with the child is a very different sort of thing. You put yourself in a position where you would become or could certainly there is a logical consequence of yeah, sex sure. is yeah. pregnancy yeah um, and so did did the person who was kidnapped is is that an equal sort of symbol and i I'd say no. Yeah, of course uh, not. Kidnapping is nothing like putting yourself in a position where you could become pregnant. Yeah. And then we talked about this. I don't know if you want me to spoil the whole story. But, yeah, but good for but, it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, it's it's not just this stranger that you're hooked to uh-huh. who, uh, who's not related in any way and, and you're being forced into this, this um, symbiotic relationship with him. This is your child, yeah. your relative, through a natural process. A mother and her womb is designed for one thing, and that's to bear a child. Yeah. You being plugged to the violinist, it's not what you were designed for, right? Right. And it's not they're not your relation. So I think the analogy immediately falls apart. It is it's you're comparing completely different yeah. sorts of things
0: yeah and, and some folks go into even a uh, sort of a self-defense thing that you know mm. you're within your in your rights to defend yourself and so mm-hmm. they'll even take you know okay I'll grant you that the baby's a person but if the person inside of her body is threatening her life then she has the ability to f- defend herself right mm-hmm. but, but again still what we're talking about in that scenario is we're talking about an unborn child we're talking about her offspring mm-hmm. we're not talking about some intruder. Or some stranger, we're talking about someone that is her relation, right? Yeah. Mother's a natural inclination of a mother is to protect her child, not to immediately kill her child when it becomes an inconvenience or it becomes you know a certain threat. Right. Um, and so, abortion is directly against the natural instincts and the natural way that God has made uh, human beings to function. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's why I really wanted to get into the bodily autonomy thing, and I and I mentioned to you even talking about this subject is bodily autonomy and self idolatry. Yeah. <laughs> that the self becomes an idol, and you know the reality is even with all these thought experiments, there's other thought experiments that they use. Uh, one of them's about people seeds. If there were people seeds floating around, and <laughs> and they're all just, just really the the, it's okay. just in the air, and they're okay. all ridiculous. And, and, you know, certain folks, certain women have decided to invest in screens on their windows so that the people seeds can't come through <laughs> they have really expensive ones. But if one just happens to come through, is she within her rights to take that people seed and uproot it and, and throw it away. And so the analogy there is then with, uh-huh. with a baby. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, an unborn baby being a, a person seed, right? right. Uh, which again, you know, it, it, Every analogy breaks down, and that analogy certainly breaks down um, because, again, we're talking about human beings. We're not talking about just seeds. We're not just talking about, again, not just some stranger that right. you that you, you know, were kidnapped and forcibly plugged into. We're talking right. about an individual child, a person, and, and what we'll say, according to the Word of God, that is made in the image of God. I think what we're getting exactly. down to is we're getting down to the fact that that human beings are different than other creatures. Mm-hmm. Human beings are different than other animals. You know, in, in our society, as people um, have rejected God and embraced this idea of evolution, then human beings are nothing more than just evolved animals. Okay. And in that mentality, all of these analogies are, I, I guess, are fitting. You know, mm-hmm. but if you understand based on the framework that God gives us, human beings are made in His image. Then we're talking about the destruction or the protection. Of an innocent human life, right, and using bodily autonomy to justify killing a person is is ridiculous and it doesn't work in a lot of other scenarios either, which yeah. we'll, we'll talk about
1: yeah yeah, like like if if uh, if I don't like you yeah and and you're really bothering me, and you're putting unrealistic expectations on me, well, my body is the most important, my autonomy is the most important to me, and so why can't I just get rid of you yeah. You know, if, if, if bodily autonomy is the be-all, end-all, then um, then there's no restrictions on what I can or can't do, even if it harms you. Yeah. And I think that that's actually a more accurate kind of um, analogy than, than the violinist in, in some ways, because um, uh, it, it's, it's showing what are their limits. Are there limits that our society uh, should put on bodily autonomy and really does none of us are completely autonomous yeah. right we we have rights there are certain things that we have rights to um like like we said pink hair you know yeah. we have the right to do that if, if we so desire um but where do those limits come when are there limits in society and throughout really all history yeah on where my bodily autonomy needs to be um restricted
0: Yeah. You know, the the, scripture is clear on individual responsibility, Mm -hmm. and it's also clear on individual autonomy in a a certain sense. Um, But it's the things that we do with the governance of our own body and our own within our own self that ultimately God holds us accountable for. Right. Mm -hmm. So when Cain Mm -hmm. kills Abel, Mm -hmm. he did that with his own bodily autonomy. Right. He had this this offense inside of himself where he was jealous of his brother because God received his sacrifice, but not Cain's. And he ultimately uses his bodily autonomy to commit the first murder where he kills his brother. You know, your autonomy um, ends where someone else's life is affected. Mm-hmm. in a negative way but even that in a sense I mean the decisions that we make with our bodies are going to affect other people either mm-hmm. positive positively or negatively mm-hmm. it's just part of living in a society right mm-hmm. it's part of living around other people mm-hmm. and so you have a certain amount of autonomy but when you talk when you're talking about using that autonomy to kill another person or to commit an act of violence against another person that's where it ends yeah but even you know it even ends in, in a sense and we won't get into the into the the really nuts and bolts of this but like with suicide for Mm -hmm. example or with prostitution Mm -hmm. I mean if bodily autonomy is sort of the end all then Mm -hmm. then as a society we're we're okay with suicide Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it seems more and more
1: uninhibited drug use anything that destroys your body even if it doesn't kill you outright like suicide but slowly kills you Yeah. There should be no restrictions on that if bodily autonomy is, is the most important. Yeah.
0: And um, even, you know, with prostitution, does a woman have the right to sell her body? It's Mm -hmm. she's autonomous. She can govern Mm -hmm. the thing. Can she sell her body in prostitution? Mm -hmm. Most nations realize that prostitution is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. most nations make it illegal for a woman to sell her body Mm -hmm. in prostitution. Um, and there's reasons for that, not just bodily autonomy reasons, but moral reasons. It's immoral. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, women are exploited mm-hmm. through the, the trafficking that happens from prostitution. Mm-hmm. You know, the legal prostitution trade or whatever, ultimately, because people are sinners, People take advantage of that whole thing, and that whole system is twisted, and people are kidnapped, and people Mm -hmm. are taken Mm -hmm. and sold, and all of that, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: And similarly, women are exploited in abortion. Yeah. They are definitely exploited by by sexual predators, by, uh, you know, serial adulterers, by the sexual trade. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the basis of of any discussion of bodily autonomy, I I just think you really can't get away from the question of, why, shouldn't, why should or should there not be protection of my body mm-hmm. or protection of the little baby body? And, and so I think the, really the, the root issue that we need to grapple with is what gives anybody value. Yeah. And um, I know we know what does from a biblical standpoint, yeah. that of, of all God's creation, human beings alone, are made in the image.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, if you God. if you wanted to, to make the argument with, uh, you know, from the pro-abortion standpoint that, you know, first of all, human beings are just evolved animals, but we still have bodily autonomy. It's like, well, is that cow that I ate for lunch, you know, in a hamburger, <laughs> did he have bodily autonomy? Mm-hmm. No, actually somebody owned him and actually mm-hmm. <laughs> slaughtered him and we mm-hmm. ate him mm-hmm. because he didn't have bodily autonomy because, you He's an animal, yeah. right? And so this whole idea that humans have bodily autonomy and something different than animals sort of proves a point, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know of course we grant that there's a certain amount of autonomy that takes place, mm-hmm. but it's funny that and I'm not a I'm not an anti-vaxxer sort of mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, we're our family is more measured. We don't do every vaccine, but we're more careful. And those who want to, you know, come at me because of that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we're more measured in vaccines, but we we don't do everyone. Right. But I know people who are staunchly opposed to vaccines right. and then also know people or you know, read people who are like staunchly pushing this thing, like mandated government mandated vaccines. And it's so mm-hmm. funny that many of the pro-abortion, pro-choice people that talk about bodily autonomy are for mandated vaccines. I'm like, man, is mm-hmm. that not a contradiction of terms mm-hmm. where you're basically the government is forcing against someone's autonomy, right. forcing that person. To take a, a vaccine that right. they they may not want
1: right right or forced euthanasia <clears throat> yeah you know which is on the rise and it yeah. sounds like with older people yeah. um, you know that okay is, do they have do we have <clears throat> a bodily autonomy or not yeah in, in that situation you know what's really interesting as I was thinking about it in the Bible is on, on one hand there's there's a definite um, uh, human beings are of great uh, inestimable value before God. And their body is, is of value before yeah. God. He numbers every hair on our head. But at the same time, later on, I think it's in Corinthians, it talks about how, the in 1 Corinthians, how your body is not your own, that it was bought at a price. Yeah. And that we're not, we don't control our bodies. God does. God's yeah. in control. And there's sort of that, I, I think, an interesting... Um, um, it's not a contradiction, nothing in the Bible I think is a contradiction, but it's um, uh, two different sides of this issue that that the body is of, of great great value, um, every one of us uniquely um, of infinite value before God and yet it's not our own yeah. we do not have the final say ultimately in where we spend eternity yeah you know the, it is always God's decision and and we are a temple of the lord and it is his to do with as he pleases
0: yeah yeah i mean he's lord and he gets to say what goes right mm-hmm. that's ultimately you know so so the argument for a christian if you if you'll jump into that scripture that you just mentioned yeah. in the first corinthians correct? right
1: yeah first corinthians 6 and um and there's a a couple of um of verses in there um first corinthians 6 13 to 15 says, um, well, partway through 13, the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And then in verse um, 15, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ yourself? And then skip on down to verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your own body.
0: Yeah. And so, the, you know, the, of course, that's speaking specifically to Christians, mm-hmm. right? When he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, we wouldn't say an unbeliever has the Holy Spirit. Right. But the principle is still the same, that God has created the body, God has created you know in in the resurrection. You know we we think you know when you die you go up to heaven or if you're not right with God you go to hell and that's it, right? Your spirit your your you know whatever that part of you is that goes. That's it. But mm-hmm. the Bible tells us that God is going to actually resurrect our bodies. Yeah. That we're going to spend eternity in a physical body. Yeah. Whether that's eternity in heaven or eternity in hell, because mm-hmm. it warns against your flesh being singed. You know, it warns mm-hmm. against gnashing of your teeth. Mm-hmm. So there's a physicality that is in heaven and in hell. Yeah. And uh, and so the body, God has a vested interest in in our bodies and what happens with our bodies. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he gives us certain commands of things that we can and cannot do right. with our bodies. Yeah. Some of those commands, obviously, are, are expressly toward Christians. You know, mm-hmm. we're commanded to use our body to mm-hmm. go and broadcast the gospel, to mm-hmm. go and preach the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But there's also things that God gives all of humanity, mm-hmm. prohibitions that God gives all of humanity in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And with each of those Ten Commandments, there's some aspect of that that's, that's it's physical. It's not just heart, but it's actually physical actions that take place. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have certain prohibitions in the scriptures of what you can and what you cannot do with your body. Thou
1: shalt not murder. Uh, yeah. Is, there you is, go. Is you know the most the <coughs> most basic one. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Yeah. Of other human beings, innocent blood. So, um, and in the in this verse though, in in First Corinthians six, um, when it says flee. Immorality, but the immoral man sins against his own body. I think um, you could make a case that well, the immoral man is not someone who is in the Lord, mm-hmm. but he sins against his own body when yeah. he when he commits sexual um, immorality. So whether. Um, whether or not you're a believer, when you practice immorality, you have it, God is saying you have sinned against your own body. Yeah. So, um, so I think it it can be applied to um, to unbelievers and believers alike that um, uh, if if sexual immorality against your own body is Sin, general sin for <clears throat> everyone, whether a believer or not. Well, how much more so something like murder? Yeah. But that your your body belongs to the Lord, whether you're a believer or not. It was the Lord who, who created you. And like the verses that talk about the potter has the right to do whatever he chooses to do with his clay creations. Well, the Lord God is our potter, and, and he has the right to do whatever he chooses to do Um with, with our bodies. Yeah, yeah. Which which is a negation of um, our autonomy. Yeah. That we are not our own. Even an unbeliever is not his own. Ultimately, that body belongs to the Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every person, uh, whether a believer or not, is made in God's image. That's right. And every person ultimately, you know, The Bible says everything was made for him Mm -hmm. and by him. Mm -hmm. So everything, even that which is disobedient to him, Mm -hmm. was still created for him with the intention of being in relationship with him, uh, accountable to him. And again, the accountability that we have before God, when we give an account before God, it's going to be the actions that we took with our body. Yeah, You know, it's going to be how we, through our autonomy, mm-hmm. um, made decisions that ultimately affect other people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what love is. Love is not just a feeling, emotion inside, but it's how things are actually worked out in your own life. You know, 1 John and First John, John says, Brethren, we ought not love in word only, but also in deed. Again, the things yeah. that, you're, that you do with your, with your body. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and the the baby in the womb, since this is all really coming back to um, uh, does the pregnant mom have the right to do whatever she wants with that baby in the womb? And if she's using bodily autonomy as the argument and you said one of the uh, pro-choice people that you spoke with even said, I'll grant it's it's a person.
0: Yeah. Well, I um, that's part of that that argument there they a, say we we'll just will we'll grant, grant you this person but but
1: they're ignoring the fact that then this is another body well what about that one's bodily autonomy there it's clearly another body no one can argue that it is not another body it has a separate heart separate blood um, separate fingerprints uniquely yeah. and wonderfully made and you know every every organ unique and different from um, separate from the mothers so well what about their bodily
0: autonomy yeah well the argument is then that you know we're uh, sort of what our argument is is that your bodily autonomy ends when you are affecting another person if the argument is that this baby in the womb is affecting that that mother
1: well then just flip it around then. the mother is is harming that, that other baby. So that argument is really illogical. If they're going to grant, which some of them won't grant, yeah. but if they're gonna grant, this is another separate body. And it doesn't take very long through just scientific medical evidence that yes, this is another body. Yeah. But if if, if that if if you can harm that child, you're saying, because they're harming you, well, what about the child? Yeah. And and what he is allowed to do towards you yeah so you can't have both of
0: yeah. those right yeah well read some of the other scriptures because i know you yeah. did some okay. digging I, d- in some... I did
1: yeah um well you know first of course we talked about genesis that, mm-hmm. that that is the basis for um for the value of of every human being and then um so what does that mean well it means that um in uh Genesis 9 verse 6, whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. And why? For in the image of God has God made mankind. So, um, so there is a value to human beings, and God is clear that that value is so important that if you harm another human being, then um, there are consequences, severe consequences. And that's because those human beings are made in the, in the image of God. Yeah. That's what gives them value. So I kind of went through the Bible just um, in order of some of the, um, the passages that I found that were spef- specific. Um, and, and I think something when, when you're thinking about bodily autonomy, so is, is um, our being able to do what we want with our body— the most important thing. Is that what we're here on earth for? Biblically, no. Biblically, um, go to Isaiah 43:7 everyone who is called by my name, whom, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So I think that gives us a, a really clear um, indication of, of what our purpose is. We're created for God's glory. Not for our glory. And that goes back to what you were saying with self-idolatry, this bodily autonomy issue is really, I'm what is important. I'm created for my glory. Yeah. but that's not what the Bible says. We're created for the glory of God. Um, then Isaiah 49:15. Um, you know how seriously does God take? the um the value of every human being that he has created and i love these verses can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she is born though she may forget i will not forget you see i have engraved you on the palms of my hands so we are the value of of every human being before god for his glory and he's the one that has engraved us on the palms of his hands. Um, so we don't have the right to destroy what he has created and what he has engraved. Yeah. And and will never I mean forget. ultimately,
0: you know, a lot of this centers around um, the idea of, of restraints, like no mm-hmm. one has the right to restrain me to do what I want to do with my body, as mm-hmm. long as it doesn't affect another person. That's sort of the caveat, as long as it doesn't affect another person. Of course, in an abortion, the argument is it does affect another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's, it's like this self-idolatry, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's I get to say what happens to me, and I get to, ultimately, though— It's bunk because no one gets to say anything. Ultimately, when it's all said and done, Mm -hmm. just like Jesus said, he says, don't fear those who can kill the body and after the body is dead have power to do nothing with the soul, but fear him who, after the body is dead, has the power to cast the soul into hell. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. ultimately, at the end of the day, your body is going to perish, Mm -hmm. and this autonomy that you think you have is going to cease. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not Mm going to have... The ability to control your body once you're dead, right. you're beholden to God, the one who made you, the one who formed your body, and who commands you to do with your body um, what is right and what mm-hmm. is good
1: for and, His glory. <clears throat> for His glory, mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and because He says so, right, <laughs> right. Um, and 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 so when your bodily autonomy is what you think you have as bodily autonomy is gone, yeah. who ultimately is going to have the say so? Ultimately, mm-hmm. God is. So why not give him the say-so now? Why not yield to him now and do that which is right to him now? You know, it it irks me to no end to see people claiming to be Christians that would press a bodily autonomy argument. Mm -hmm. Somehow we're we're all able to make our own decisions, Mm -hmm. and our decisions only affect us. Mm -hmm. That is just so outside of what the Scripture teaches. We don't have autonomy. We have bodily autonomy responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's what we have. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's a greater um, thought in, than autonomy. Autonomy mm-hmm. is selfish. Mm-hmm. Auto, me, self. That's, yeah. you know, that's what I mean. Yeah. But when we talk about responsibility, we talk about our ability to respond to the needs of other people, to respond ultimately to God's truth.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, let's see if I... Uh, that one kind of says the same <coughs> same thing I said before. Let's see if I can find you another. Um, how much um, uh, uh, in, this is in Matthew mm-hmm. um, 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? For so again, talking about that, it is God who provides our needs, who cares for us, who loves us, yeah. and who values us, and um, and He's the one that has control ultimately over every everything yeah. that we are and that we do. Um, that he gave Jesus as his only begotten son for yes. us, again, showing the incredible value that God places on on our body. And then this is a great one, Romans twelve one. Okay. A living sacrifice. Yeah. Um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship. And I think that's as good a verse as Annie to talk about what, are, what is the proper use of, in fact, didn't use true and proper worship. What yeah. is the proper use of our body um, to offer our bodies as a living <clears throat> sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God? So here in, in, in abortion, it's like the, the mother is offering another person's body as a living sacrifice to god which is uh, not to
0: god to themselves to them
1: i'm sorry exactly but it is like offering a a child to a false god like in the old testament where you sacrifice the child to baal um to the fire and god hated that he said that that was an abomination so i i really like that verse in the whole discussion um and we talked about the uh the Corinthians verses and I think that was that was the, the I have one more okay. we'll see what that is um this is from first Peter okay. two verses four to five as you come to him the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we have become, uh, Christ is first of all described as the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious and our role is to become like living stones ourselves we become like christ ourselves and our bodies are that again that um a spiritual um uh sacrifice yeah to to god through ourselves through our bodies yeah the exact opposite of what happens in an abortion
0: yeah and so so ultimately as christians you know i can bring this around and and use this for some uh call to action for believers Mm -hmm. um we see in the Word of God there are things that God says that are completely immoral, no matter if you're a Christian or, or, or a non-believer. Right. and Murder, of course, is one of those mm-hmm. things. Adultery is one of those things. Mm-hmm. These acts that you commit with your body that affect other people that are sin. And, uh, and and God says don't do them. But as believers, we have certain commands, just like the uh, the Romans 12 passage, mm-hmm. which is you, you uh, surrender your body as a mm-hmm. living sacrifice. Yeah. Um, also, the Corinthians passage that you read earlier, mm-hmm. uh, that our bodies are not our own. We are bought with a price. Yeah. So we don't have the right as believers. As, as a larger society, we don't have a right to, to take advantage of other people and because of our own bodily autonomy and, and what we feel and what we want to do. But as believers, we don't have a right just to, uh, to do and go where we want to go. Mm-hmm. We have to obey what God's Word says. We're accountable to God. That whole thing, bodily autonomy, is bunk, it's bodily responsibility, we're responsible to do what God's word says we should do, which is in a society where people are making bodily autonomy the chief and and making body and uh, making self the idol, Mm -hmm. we've gotta tear that thing down. Mm -hmm. We are called to be those that bring the truth, Mm -hmm. that answer a larger society that believes that, you know, abortion is, is moral because of bodily autonomy, It's going to euthanasia, Mm -hmm. of course. It's Mm -hmm. going to assisted suicide, Mm -hmm. uh, legalizing prostitution, all these other things, legalizing whatever drugs that people want to shoot into their bodies and all that other stuff. And and it's going downhill fast because of that self-idolatry. We as believers have to uphold the standard of what God's Word says. We have to uphold this, this idea that human beings are made in god's image we're not just evolved animals Mm -hmm. that are only accountable to ourselves Mm -hmm. we are accountable to god yeah and that's part of you know part of what we're doing Right. Add the abortion clinics. Right, right. Um, and
1: and, and I, I worry so much about what the message is going into the next generation to our children. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think we've talked before on these podcasts that I'm, I've been counseling, and I'm still counseling a, a pregnant teen. And early on in those discussions with her, she said, um, uh, <coughs> I'm not going to give up my whole life for a cell. So there are a few things there. She's saying my life is what matters, and then there's the um, the learned belief that what she carried—she was eight weeks along at that time—that mm-hmm. what she carried was a cell. It's just a
0: cell, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: clearly not a cell. And um, but but the whole idea is she didn't need to give up her life for this other entity. Yeah. This other body, and and that's such a. Um, you know that that is what happens to a culture who who says that I'm most important and um, and other uh, sacrifice is not important and sacrificing my needs and wants is not important and that other body in the womb is yeah. not of value. Yeah. So I do think we have to we have to fight that and and um, and speak truth. Yeah. In into that kind of a. Um, uh, and understanding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And tear down that, that self idolatry, that idea that, that self is the God of all things. Mm -hmm. Um, and we do that with the word of God. We do that with the gospel. We do that, you know, talking about how Jesus himself came and laid his life down as the ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, those that put their trust in him, you know, the rightful, um, response to what Jesus has done for us, our creator comes and lays his life down the rightful response is that we lay our lives down.
1: Right.
0: We lay our lives down for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. We lay our lives down because there are people that are suffering, mm-hmm. who, by God's grace, we can alleviate their suffering mm-hmm. by either speaking on their behalf, mm-hmm. i.e., you know, speaking for the unborn, but also meeting practical needs. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's part of our calling as believers to lay our lives down and to lay self and the idol of self to the side. Right. And make God first in our hearts. That's right, and that's the yeah. call of uh, of the Word of God toward yeah. the Christian. Yeah. So, so basically, that's sort of what I wanted to cover. If mm-hmm. you have any more to cover on that, mm-hmm. that's cool. If not, I'll, I'll wrap yeah. this thing up.
1: Yeah, no, I I think I think that's good. I think that we are, um, you know, ultimately we are to bring glory to God through our bodies, and we are to be imitators of Christ. And he he, like you said, he laid down his life for others and. The mother is not laying down her life for the child. She is making sacrifices in carrying a child. But um, uh, God never tells us that we're here on earth for our comfort, happiness, and ease. Yeah. But we're here on earth to bring glory to God and to be imitators of Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's uh, kind of the subject we wanted to cover today. Appreciate all those that joined us on the uh, Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. If you want to connect with me, you can connect with me at uh, dparks at citiesforlife.com. You can connect with Vicki V. Cassiorg at citiesforlife.com. Our website is charlotte.citiesforlife.org. And also our national website to help equip sidewalk counselors is sidewalks4life.com. And we'd like to hear from you guys. We'd like to hear from you about um, you know, ideas for subjects that we cover, maybe guests that we can have on, and uh, and whatever you guys have as, as far as suggestions for us with the podcast, we'd certainly like to hear that. So connect with us on our uh, through email, on our website, even on our Facebook page. However, you want to connect with us. But thank you for joining us, and God bless. Use me, Lord. Or use me, Lord.